It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. So moving on here to the NFC North, um, I guess we can, well, we're, we're making good pace here, but obviously we did an entire show um, on, on the Green Bay Packers upcoming season, yep. but we'll start here we with the Packers because they were uh, the division winner. So uh, Reagan, I need the cliff notes from our, our last meeting. What do you got on the Packers? Interesting draft. We spent quite a bit of time talking about that. Jordan Love, AJ Dillon. Um, you know, some interesting picks, and, and we talked about it quite a bit in the last show we did for Green Bay. In my opinion, at least, it's a philosophy change from, you know, aired out West Coast style and, you know, the Brett Favre in the early 2000s to more of a, we're going to be a balanced attack, maybe run the ball some more, and, and, and kind of try and address some of the concerns with an aging Aaron Rodgers. Um, and then adding some players in the offseason, obviously they lost more than they gained. Um, but, you know, you add Christian Kirksey to, to kind of sure up that, that linebacking core a bit. Um, and then they don't address the wide receiver position. I mean, they didn't go a single wide receiver in the draft. And, and just in the last few days here, I've seen they've been cutting quite a few of their late-round draft picks, um, some offensive linemen that didn't exactly pan out for camp. But they don't address the wide receiver position, um, which I think is, is, was supposed to be critical for this upcoming season, and that's going to hurt a bit. Um, so it's basically Devontae Adams. Outside of that, I'd say slightly below average offseason. There just wasn't enough done um, for a 13-3 and team that was knocking on the door of a Super Bowl. And I, I believe your record prediction was 11-5? Uh, and five? Sounds about right for me. I'd have them right in there you know, fighting for the division or maybe a wild card spot. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're the Packers expert here. I agree with everything you said. Um, yeah, not not a, a very impactful draft, in, at least in year one or year two, I guess, is the conventional um, thinking yeah. with that. Um, I'm going to have them – I think I went 11-5 and five on the Packers preview show. I've kind of cooled off a little bit. I'm going to go 10-6. Uh, um, yeah. I, yeah, I, just, I just look at their schedule, and this is true for the NFC North because I think they're scheduled to face the NFC South. And then the Packers were a first-place team, so they also get uh, the Niners. So, like, they got a lot – especially early – they have a really tough schedule. Like they have the Buccaneers, the Texans, the Vikings, the Niners. Um, so it's if they can get through that first part of the schedule, they'll probably. I mean, they might. Who knows? They might go twelve and four, eleven and five if they can get through that. But uh, that's that's a really tough spot. Uh, the Vikings will be knocking right on the doorstep. Um, but I do think the Packers are probably um, ahead in in a, a couple of key spots. Um, but I, I like the defense. It'll probably hold um, leads pretty well. But again, the the receiving core, uh, I, you know, I don't. And they cut Jake Kumaro. Not tough. that that's not that he's you know, not that he's he a got, number two wide receiver, but he f- was looking to factor in pretty big in that offense. I think he got wavered almost immediately by uh, Buffalo. But I haven't I haven't kept tabs on that. But I saw Buffalo express some interest in Kumaro like the second he got cut. So there's a market out there for him. And shout out to the Whitewater guy. Love to see that little Division three Wyack action. Absolutely. You know, I am so fucking depressed that Alex Herrick is not in the league right now. Dude, ser- I, not even like a camp? Like, come on. That dude, 6'7", he played – dude, he's such a good player. We, we we called so many of his games. And, like, 
yeah, maybe he doesn't have obviously wide receiver speed, but like, man, you shove that dude in at tight end inside the red zone, say, hey, man, go up and catch a football. He's going to do it. We've literally seen Dan Arnold do the same thing and translate. And uh, that's and you know what? It, it sucks because I've said this before, but this is literally the worst offseason to come into the league as a guy with not a lot of expectations. Like if you were a sixth or seventh round pick or God forbid undrafted, dude, fuck it. Your career's over. You know what I mean? Like this is such a tough year. I don't think there will be any Adam Thielens from this year. I don't think so either. I mean, it's just that there, there's just not enough room for error. All the teams are having to make cuts that they, they wouldn't have have to make in the in the past and there's just not a lot of shots for guys like he said even drafted after like the fifth round after that you're basically expendable and, and guys are getting cut one more thing on the Packers though I want to see the jump hopefully that Rashawn Gary makes didn't see the field a bunch last year didn't play particularly well um I what was he 12th overall yep like I, right. I mean that, that that that's an early early pick that you have to get right if you're Green Bay and you want to win a championship soon um, so I'm curious. I'm really excited to see what Rashawn Gary does. By all reports that I've seen coming out of uh, Green Bay, is he's had a fantastic offseason and and he's supposed to make a jump. Yeah, I hated that pick at the time. Um, and again, you you know I'm genuine with, with my Packers takes as as of as of late because you know I was a fan of Jordan Love. I mean, pretty much whether or not I love it or hate it will tell you how good it is because you know, listen, I mean, we're going to have to see the Packers twice a year, but imagine how scary that defense would be if Rashawn Gary, you know, has an impact on, on that team. Um, Just another weapon on that defense. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. An ever improving defense. So uh, moving on here to the Minnesota Vikings, the purple and gold. Um, They went 10 and six last year. I'll let you go first here on the Vikings. What what do you make? What do you make of the Vikings? You get the, you get the floor, sir. I followed it a lot less than I have the Green Bay offseason, so I, I'm, I'm going to kind of defer to you here. But this is what I've seen so far. Justin Jefferson, love the pick. I think as soon as you get rid of Diggs, and, and they got a pretty good return on the Diggs trade, so I'm, I'm not super against that. Um, but drafting Justin Jefferson, I think that's pretty much as good as it gets in terms of replacing Stephon Diggs, who was, in my opinion, the best receiver on that offense. Um, so that was pretty good. It kind of raises some questions for Adam Thielen for me, and this is more of a, a gameplay style moving forward. But you know, Diggs was usually the one getting double teamed the last couple of years, which which freed up Thielen quite a bit. And now that double team will likely be going on Thielen, and it's going to be on Jefferson to force them to not double team and provide some more attention to him. Um, so that'll be interesting moving forward. But overall, I, I think it's kind of moot at the wide receiver position. You take a step down a little bit, but you get younger, you get cheaper and I'm okay with it. Um, they lose a couple defensive starters. The defense is is concerning to me a little bit. Um, in the last week or so, the, eh, maybe it was two weeks ago, they added Yannick Ngakwe, which I think was a fantastic trade. So that defense gets a little bit better, but there's still concerns at, at cornerback. I don't know how I feel about the linebackers. Obviously, Eric Kendricks is fantastic and one of the best in the league, but, man, Daniil Hunter hasn't practiced in like four weeks or something like that because of an apparent tweak. If you're tweaked, I don't know if you sit out three, four weeks, but they're keeping it close to the vest there in, in, uh, in Egan. But overall, I think it was a decent offseason for the Vikings, and I expect them to be somewhere around the 10-6 and six mark um, and 9-7, and seven, somewhere around there for the next season, and uh, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, so I have the Vikings going 10-6. and six. 
Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing with the defense, and this is a little concerning to me because, listen, for whatever you can say about the Vikings in the playoff, in the playoffs, um, they've been really, they've had it pretty good for the last like five years. Like they've Very been good. pretty consistent year in and year out. Yeah, some years have been better than others. Um, but what's what's scary talking about the defenses is who they lost, and it, it's not necessarily a scary thing who they lost, but the reasons why they lost these players is what's actually deeply concerning to me. So like Stefan Weatherly, I, I like him. I actually think he was going to be a good starter. Um, you know, he's one of those guys who was a late round pick. We kind of worked him up, um, you know, and, and he saw uh, uh, more and more time in the rotation and he left to take a, a pretty small deal with the Panthers. And obviously the Vikings were cap strapped, but you kind of go, huh? That's weird. Why would you, why would you kind of take a prove it deal with another team? uh, You know, when you already know this defense and Zimmer is this defensive guru, which I'm not saying he's not, but um, you know, that's interesting. And then um, Mackenzie Alexander, I think he takes a one year, $4 million deal, basically a prove it deal with the Bengals. And you're like, that's kind of weird. Like, you know, the system here, same with J Ron curse. He took a, I think he took a one year, $1.5 million deal with the lions uh, which I think he will stand out, but listen, he's not gonna, he, he's not gonna look good. He'll look good by comparison, but he's not gonna look good with that Lions defense. So you just kind of go, that's weird. Like all these depth guys we've been grooming, and, and you know maybe would have taken over as a as a starter at some point. It's it's really weird that they all chose to take awful deal, awful prove it deals elsewhere, and not come back with the team. Why why is this the case? I think the Ngakwe trade is amazing. I fucking love that trade. Honestly, this, this is a very high uh, com- comparison, but it's, there's a lot of direct parallels here with age and production and, and stuff like that. I think that's very reminiscent. Even what we gave up, I think we gave up a second-round pick and like another no, draft no, no. pick. Um, no. I think that's basically the Jared Allen, Jared Allen hey, trade yeah. 2.0. I, that yeah. is an amazing trade. You're not going to get anything better with a second-round pick. And I think him re-signing with the team is a foregone conclusion. I don't think they would have given up a second-round pick for, you know, a, a, a rental or anything like that. So I, I love I love that from the defensive uh, point of view. Well, and one quick thing on that deal. I actually – I would have been okay with a first-rounder. If I'm a Vikings fan, I'd have been okay with a first-rounder for that player. I mean, he's a young dude. He's – and as we know, pass rushers, yeah, they're going to be really good at between 22 and 26, but the prime is looking more like 27 to 31. So this dude could get even better. They give up a second rounder. Like they did everything right in that deal. And I feel like they've got a guy to go opposite Daniel Hunter for the next like six years. Yeah. And you know, the, the offensive line, which has been a concern for this team, honestly, since 2012, I'm actually okay with that. I'm not, you know, I, I don't have any false expectations for, Oh, this is going to be, I just need this offensive line to be anywhere from like 20 to 17. I don't even need it to be average because that's a pipe dream. But, you know, Bradbury's penciled in as a guard. Uh, You know, Elfline's penciled in – or Bradbury is a center, excuse me. Uh Elfline, he is switching from the left side to the right side. Um, But I I think – He's been bad. Yeah, that's – I don't think he – I don't think he gets re-signed because he's up for – Elfline had a – he had a really good first season at center, and he sucked. So, they kicked him to left guard. Now they're moving him to right guard. They're moving around. They're just trying to find him a spot at this point. He hasn't been good. I think you need to take a look at Garrett Bradbury. You draft him high in the first round um, to hopefully be the franchise center, but you take a look at some of his PFF from from a couple games last year. The dude was pass blocking at a rate of zero. 
a, a literal rate of zero, like was not pass blocking at all. I think he has to make a big jump. And if he does, that offensive line, I think it gets closer to average. I don't think it's average. I think it's more like 17 to 20 in that range you were talking about, which is fine if you're the Vikings. I think he'll take that. But if he doesn't make a jump and he is what he was last year, that's a bust of a first-round pick, and it's going to hurt the offensive line quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, his his rookie performance was a little weird because I've seen metrics that say he good was – Good run blocker. He, yeah, I've really seen metrics that say he was an elite run blocker, and then you'll see other stuff where, like, oh, he's garbage. I, listen, I don't know. I'll give him the benefit – I mean, it was his rookie year. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, you know. I agree with that. But, you know, that that is a question mark, but – not the biggest question mark on the offensive line. I like that they restructured Reef because I think losing a starting they fucking tackle a, a week before yeah. uh, you go out there would have been devastating. Brian O'Neill is actually probably a top 10 right tackle. I'd love to see him translate to left tackle because I think, obviously, that's far more uh, important. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't – I didn't love the drafting of Ezra Cleveland, but, you know, whatever. I mean, he's kind of a similar story to O'Neal where people were like, oh, that's a bad pick, but he's athletic. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I just yeah. like that they're investing in the offensive line. That's something that they really have never done. And listen, for like a three- or four-year stretch, they've for sure had the second-worst offensive line in the league right behind Seattle. So if you, if you tell me right now I could press a button and they'd be number 20, I'd just take that. If you look at what this team's done with with absolute dog shit on the line, I'll take it. (laughs) And the thing with Jefferson, uh, he's obviously not going to have as good of an impact as Stephon Diggs in his rookie year. Now, long-term, maybe maybe he will. But I I like that uh, Olabisi Johnson, uh, you know, is kind of coming into his own, and and you signed Tajay Sharp, so you might not have to throw Jefferson into deep water. And here's the thing. uh, I'm not – I'm actually pretty negative on Kyle Rudolph. I kind of always have been, but I think Irv Smith is going to have a breakout year. So when you talk about, um, you know, well, Thielen's definitely going to be the one getting the double team. And I think his production will go down, but I, I, I do think the Vikings will make you pay for that with younger guys like Irv Smith. Um, so I, I don't think it's, it's too bad in the receiving core. And um, you know, I, I, I like Alexander Madison and listen, Kirk Cousins, I mean, he had a 107 passer rating last year. That's not – again, I, there's always the huge discussion, like, y- you only can be on, on two sides of it. Either you're a Kirk is an elite type of guy or you're a Kirk doesn't even belong in the league type of guy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for crazy sports takes, but listen, you don't get a 107 passer rating by, by mistake. He's not an elite guy. He's not a top five guy, but is he top 10 as in number 10? Yeah, I think yeah, he's like yeah, 10 yeah, probably. Listen, Kirk – Kirk Cousins could win you a Super Bowl. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not. I'm definitely not saying there's been better years to win a Super Bowl than 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 this year for the Vikings. But listen, he's not a bad quarterback. Like they're not they're not going to move on from Kirk anytime soon. And you know, statistically, I guarantee you he has another season above a 100 passer rating, which you know is is still pretty impressive. And I have them going 10 and six, which would be tied with the Packers. Um, but I, I'm going to have the Packers winning the division. I don't know why. Maybe they win more head-to-head or more divisional or whatever the tiebreaker is. But I both have them at 10-6. and six. But for the playoffs that we're, we'll be talking about later, I will have the Packers as a division winner and the Vikings as a wild card. Cool. Okay, so a um, couple more things on the Vikings. So can Kirk Cousins win you a Super Bowl and we don't have to get super far, super far into this? I think the answer is yes. But I also think in order to win a Super Bowl – the defense would have to be like circa 2017 form. And I think the offensive line would have to be nearly fantastic. 
I don't think those two things are going to happen. I think the Vikings right now, they just feel like a team to me. And, and I think you could almost put Green Bay in this category as well. They're a team that's they're going to play well in the regular season. They're going to win a game or two in the playoffs. And they're going to go to the NFC Championship and get destroyed. And, and I think that's basically the ceiling for both of these two teams right now, unless something dramatic happens in the next couple of weeks. Um, but that's kind of where I am with the Vikings as well. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say nine and seven actually. The defense concerns me. Um, I think I think the Packers win the NFC North, and I think a lot of those nine wins come against the bottom two teams in the NFC North. All right. Well, speaking of the bottom two teams in the NFC North, we have the Chicago Bears, who were eight and eight last year. Uh, I think they're going to be significantly worse. Uh, their defense is going to keep them in games, um, but you know. The old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero, I think is true. And even even if that wasn't true, uh, yeah, you have two quarterbacks, but both of them are dog shit. So it doesn't matter who you throw in there. I think one's probably a little better than the other, and you can you know decipher that on your own. But two awful quarterbacks. Uh, your wide receiver core is, is bad. You're overpaying Allen Robinson. Speaking of overpaying targets, you're overpaying Jimmy Graham. And I think the, the, defense, so bad. the defense is going to come down a little bit because I think they played – so well last year that's going to be so hard to replicate obviously they'll still be a good defense but dude this team is just not going to score points i have them at six and ten and i won't even argue that and and you know we can get in i'll get into it here when we move to the the final team but real quick on the bears i mean it doesn't it doesn't need to go much further than these two points right here they signed jimmy graham two years 16 million dollars who is at this point jimmy graham I don't even think it's fair to say he's on the scrap heap. I think he's literally just sitting in a junkyard somewhere, and they walked in and dusted him off and said, we'll take him for $16 million. Can I, can I say something sign. crazy here? Can I interject with something really crazy? Yep, yep you got it. You Sorry for it. this. I'm no, not even remotely kidding. I would rather have betting on the upside and just seeing what I have straight up. I would rather have on my team as my third tight end, Alex Herrink over Jimmy Graham. And I'm like, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, there's just nothing left in the tank for Jimmy Graham. There's literally nothing left. We saw it in Green Bay last year. His one, and we talked about this on the Packers podcast a week or two ago. The dude, what he got paid to catch touchdowns in the red zone. He wasn't he wasn't effective in the red zone. He he didn't serve as the big target he was supposed to be. He didn't catch touchdowns. What was he doing on the field? He he realistically outside of the one pass to end the end the playoff game against Seattle. Outside of that play, I can't think of anything good he did in the entire last season. I, I literally can't, and I watched every game. Other point for the Bears. Like you said, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Here's the thing. Why is Nick Foles in a quarterback competition with Mitch Trubisky? That's, that's all you need to know about their quarterback room. That room is a dumpster fire. That room is destroyed. What, whatever else you want to call it. I mean that it's garbage, and and if, and if you bring in Foles, you need to bring him in to play football. I don't want him backing up. Why would you sign him to be a backup at this point when you're Chicago? If you're if you're going to sign him, he needs to start. And they just announced Trubisky's going to be the starter, which I think is a huge mistake. I mean that dude is cooked already. And what is he like in his third year or something like that? Fourth year? Like there's just nothing nothing left there. In addition to that, kind of going off the quarterback point, they could have had Cam, they could have had Andy Dalton, they could have made a play for Teddy Bridgewater. There was three 
pretty good quarterbacks. You can make an argument Andy Dalton's kind of cooked as well, but at least you know what you're getting with Andy Dalton. Like, there's quarterbacks out there that they, that they could have went and got to kind of supplement that defense, and now there's no help. That defense is going to have to do it all. The offense is going to be garbage. They're overpaying at wide receiver. They're paying – why do they have eight tight ends on the roster? Can someone tell me that? Why? What are we doing here? They're eight and eight last year. I think they regress as well. I'm looking at like – man, I'm looking at – I might go five and 11. <laughs> Yeah, just really. And here's the thing. Like, so bad. <laughs> we we all, everybody knows from, from outsiders to every single executive and front office person inside that building, everybody knows you made a mistake taking Trubisky over Watson and Mahomes. Okay, there's nothing we can do about that now. There's nothing we can do about that now. You already fucked up. But is it worse to just say, uh, we fucked up, we're, we're cutting bait, and we're going to move on? Or is it worse to just keep having this mistake on your team, sinking your, your football team, you know, for year four, year five, year six? Year, are you going to give them a contract extension? Wouldn't shock me because these people don't want to admit they made a mistake, which, to be honest, is fine by me because I couldn't give a fuck if the Bears are good or bad. I actually hope they, I, yeah. I hope they keep I, Trubisky. I, I, I hope they're bad, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I agree with you. At some point you have to realize – Hey, we made a bad draft pick, and and like that happens, and and yeah, it's gonna go, it's gonna go down as one of the worst draft picks of all time, considering who was available in that draft. It did in but, year two, but well, exactly. I, I think there was people in like day two at like post draft that were like, oh my god, they've made a huge mistake. But the thing is, at some point you have to acknowledge it. You can't just let him ride off into the sunset and waste two years of Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and, and Eddie Jackson, all those, and all those guys, those ball hawkers, you know, playing on the defensive side of the football. Why are you wasting years of their career? This is a, this is a really good defense. One of the best in the league, a defense that'll win you games. that will force turnovers. You put someone averaging at quarterback, you're winning at least eight games in my opinion and, and they're not doing that. So I think the sooner they – well, actually, I hope they never acknowledge the mistake and they just continue with him. But if you're a Bears fan, you've got to hope they they wake up here in the next couple of weeks and say, we're dumping Trubisky and, and we're moving on because I think that's the best course of action. I just don't think it's going to happen. Oh, absolutely. Um, speaking of uh, another terrible NFC North team, uh, we have the Detroit Lions who went 3-12-1. Uh, this team is a dumpster fire? Question mark. I don't know if it's you know they'll win fire, garbage can. I don't know whatever you want to call it, but it's it's not great. Uh, Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia, and everybody in that front office will be fired at the end of the year. There's no way they they keep them uh, because there's no way that they're gonna earn their jobs. But to be honest, so here's the thing: I might have overshot them with their with their. Um, uh, record prediction because Stafford when he does play is serviceable and they do have some nice pieces surprisingly or maybe un- not surprisingly I have them going five and 11 which is still bad but um, I think this is the last year that Stafford's the quarterback I know he's only 32 but this guy uh, has a, a perpetually broken back like this guy's yeah, not reliable and it, the bad part if you're a Lions fan is you're gonna be bad um, so I've obviously I have them going five and eleven. Five and eleven is like the tenth pick in the draft. Like you're not going to be bad enough to get a Lawrence or a Fields or maybe even a Trey yep. Lance. So you're in some you're in a weird spot where you're going to be bad. You're going to be well below five hundred, but you might not be as bad as you need to be to move forward as a franchise. If that makes sense. 
No, that makes complete sense. And and I'm going to say, you know, you take a look at what they did in the offseason. They get they get the cornerback, Jeffrey Okuda, you know, early in the draft. You know, they have DeAndre Swift to add to the offense. Stafford's serviceable. I think he's still a decent quarterback. Um, he's certainly better than Trubisky. They didn't make any, at least that I'm aware of, really stupid, you know, signings like, like a Jimmy Graham or something like that. We're really just dumping on the Bears here, but I'm here for it. Um, they didn't make any st- really dumb signings. I think the defense will be improved, you know, and I, I honestly think they're better than the Bears. I know you said 5-11. and 11. I have the Bears at 5-11. and 11. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chalk the Lions up for 6-10, and 10 and, and they get out of the basement for, of the NFC North for a year. So I'm going to go 6-10 and 10 on the Lions. Wow, okay. All right. Uh, I think well, they can swing three wins, especially – I watched a lot, of, a lot of their games last year. They were bad, but I don't know if they were three and twelve bad. I think they could have won four or five games, um, and it's it's almost unfortunate for them that they're not going to be worse this year. Like, it, man, you you give them like a you give them three and twelve again, they're going to have what top five draft pick, and they have a shot at what it, a potentially generational quarterback. Um, but I, I think they win five six games this year. I'm going to go six and ten and and they're a little bit better. I think they're better than Chicago. I really believe that. It, there's a healthy discussion to be, to be had there. 